This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, January 10th, 2020. We're into the new year, 10 days in, and the stock market's still rallying, even though I think I've been warning that I still think we're going to have a, a little pullback here, and pretty soon, because the market is overbought. Besides being overvalued, it's overbought. And that means that this in the short term, it's been too high, too fast, and they'll probably give some of that back. Doesn't mean it's going to collapse or anything. Just means it'll probably give us something back. That's all. And we had some interesting economic numbers out. The jobs report came out today. We'll talk about that. Now, you should ask yourself if you are confident that it's your, are you confident that your portfolio is set for the new year? Are you confident that this is how you want it to be? Because this is the time of year, as I've said now, for a number of days to start to, to make sure you have that balanced that that portfolio is how you want it, and it is balanced. And if you don't know what that means, you know we can talk about that. You can ask questions about it. It just means you don't have certain assets way more than you want because they ran. Some of them ran up last year, and some of them ran down. And you, you and and do you want to be just as aggressive aggressive last year as you are this year? Do you want to be the same, or do you want to reduce some of that aggressiveness or increase it? That's what I mean by balancing. So you need to do that, okay? And if you need help, that's what I'm here for. I'll help you do that. Now, if you're looking for unbiased investment guidance, I'll help you do that too. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will call, because this is a call-in show. It has been for 20, uh, since 1990. Yeah, so, so, so it's been for quite some time. So, call, your investing questions are what drive the show. You take it in any direction you want it. Okay? And, of course, I'm helping. The whole goal is for every one of us to have financial freedom of some sort. Some, some of our own, what our own definition of that is. Okay? So, I'm going to help you with that this hour. To get to that point. Get to the goal. Financial freedom. To do that, you got to call. And I'm live right now, Monday through Friday. The number is 888-99-CHART. And I hope you have heard, I've set firm dates, a couple of dates coming up for portfolio consultations in Texas and in New York. First, I'm coming to Dallas, Texas on January 24th. Uh, that's a Friday. And then I'm returning to New York, New York City, on January 28th and 29th. That's a Tuesday and Wednesday. So if you want to meet with me, now's the time to set up an appointment. Okay. Um, also, you know, to do that, you go to investtalk.com, uh, go to contact us there. There's a bunch of contact us buttons all over the place, or you just send me an email because that's what that does. Or you can call, leave a message, whatever way you want to do it. And I will get in touch with you. It's most likely be me or someone in my office, but probably me. Get in touch with you to see if what we can put together and get you a time. Now, of course, if you live in, you know, Southern California, uh, my office is in Irvine, California. I'd be happy to meet with you there. Yeah, you know, that's where our, our home office is, KPP Financial. So if you're in that area or you're here for a vacation, be happy to meet with you. My main talking point today concerns a, concerns a story. 77% of corporate CFOs, chief, chief financial officers, say that economy will slow 
and the stock market is overvalued. Well, that's pretty easy to say, stock market's overvalued. Are they correct? Well, they are on the stock market overvalued. Whether the economy will slow, I'm not so sure. We'll talk about that. So that's going to be our main talking point. Also, I got three others that I picked out today. What should you do if stocks fall? Should you do anything? What should you do? And U.S. News and World Report, the number one best town in America along the water to retire to. I know that's kind of specific, huh? The number one best town in America along the water to retire to. And why? And finally, is it time to refinance your mortgage? I know people have been doing it all along for, you know, several times. But should you do it again? I want to talk about mortgages. Anyways, the market was down today, 133 points on the Dow, 25 points on the NASDAQ, and 9 points on the S&P 500. It's not uncommon, but when the market reaches a new high, to give back some of that. It's always like a, a little slinky, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's never just one direction. When it is in one direction, because it does happen, and we've had that happen here in the last two, three weeks, maybe month, uh, up, and that's not normal. It's a back and forth situation. So when it's not normal like that, that's what I mean by being overbought. Oversold would be just the, op- the other way. Sold, 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 sold. So sale sells off for a month. That's oversold, and it will probably bounce up. So we're overbought right now. And I, I would expect that everything being equal that we'll get a little retracement. Okay? Okay. Um... So that was the market. It is a busy Friday because I do talk about the newsletter on Fridays too. You know, the newsletter I send out every Friday to all my clients, anybody who subscribes to the newsletter goes on on Friday. I write it every week. And you know, that's not easy to do. I just thought you know, it's got to take time to do that. So anyways, anyways, um, so we'll get, but, but the, the drive of the show is always a caller. So here's a question that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, this is Hitendra. I love your show. So I have a question about Apple. Has it a nice run last year? And just wanted to see what your thoughts are over the next three to six month period. Where do you see the stock at it? Thank you. Well, Apple has run up so strongly and it's up again. So, I mean, it's at $310 a share. Uh, it's run up so strongly. I, I just don't know. If, I can't. It can't compete. Can't keep this pace up. So it would not surprise me if it slows way down. Okay, because now, I mean, it's at its high year PE ratio, highest PE ratio. Five year PE range is ten to twenty six, and it's at twenty six. Mind you, growth of uh, earnings are going to be up nine percent uh, this year, and then fifteen uh, percent the next year. And but sales are only growing two three percent. I mean, when you're, t- you're talking about a company that's one point three trillion dollars in size, one point three trillion—that's bigger than most nations around the world. Just so you know, bigger than most nations around the world. So can Apple keep that up? Probably not. Is it a stock you should own? If you own it, I wouldn't sell it. But remember I talked at the opening of the show about rebalancing? If it's become too big of your portion of your portfolio, you might want to cut it back. I still hold on to it. Doesn't pay much of an in, uh, you know, a, a yield. I mean, dividend yield is only 1%. And the return on equity is a huge 56%. So it's still got 
you know, it still is impressive what they do. $15.26 cash flow per share. I mean, earnings are going to be $14.92 next year. So it's almost $15 a share. So that makes the PE around $22.23. So it's not cheap. It's not. So I, I don't. I wouldn't be a buyer of it at this point. I would not. It's too expensive now. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we present this program every day. Five new shows each weekday, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, live. And whenever you have investment questions, I really encourage you to explore our podcast library. You can search, listen, subscribe, and please take a second to rate the Invest Talk podcast show. I would appreciate that. You can do that at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Or investor.com for that matter. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Investor. We're in a new year and the markets have already shown some volatility. But you can remain calm. Steve Peasley is here, ready to answer your questions and provide his unbiased investing guidance. The phone lines are open, so call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. You're listening to Vestock, and I'm Steve Peasley. The 10-year Treasury yield at 1.85 and the 2-year at 1.57. So the yield spread is in normal situation. And remember, whenever it's inverted, that's an indication of a recession. It was inverted for a very short period of time a couple of months ago. So I was a little bit worried there. Gold at $1,554 an ounce. It spiked up to $1,600 during the Iraq missile attack and then came back down. Oil is at $58 a barrel. Now, don't you think that's really low compared to the what happened, the Iran missile attack? So crude oil spiked a little bit but dropped twice in the past six days. So the high point was around $65 a barrel, but now it's at 58 Gasoline at $2.59 a gallon on a national average. Higher in California, of course. The average is $3.54. And if you live and drive in Iowa, you pay about $2.41. Do you know that that's 10 years ago, gas, gas prices were much higher? Oil prices were much higher? That tells you how low oil and gas really is. It's because it's almost half of what it used to be these gasoline prices. Now, we have a low interest rate. Uh, Two Fed officials commented yesterday that the global markets are weak, so market watchers are saying there is not a a high probability that the Fed will raise interest rates in the coming months. I I think it's just as likely as the Fed to lower a rate, but I I really don't think they're going to do anything for the rest of this year. They don't want to be accused of influencing the presidential election. So they don't want to raise them or lower them. They don't want to, you know, either side to point fingers at them, point saying, you're trying to help the other side. They, you know, the Fed tries to stay neutral as much as they can. They have in the past anyways. So those are some of the uh, numbers that are out. And, you know, that it tells me the economy is doing pretty good. I think we're looking at about a 2% GDP growth this year. You know, nothing, not going to be three, and it's not going to be zero. It's going to be around two. 
I, 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 it could be one, but I, I'm 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 thinking two is probably the the average guesstimate by most experts, and I'm thinking that's where I want to be, about two percent. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. So what should you do if the stocks do fall? If they fall ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent, what should you do? And the answer there's there, you can do nothing. That would be my primary answer to everybody that asks me. Nothing. If they fall, nothing. Why? Because you should have prepared for that already. You should be in position, rebalanced, as I said before, in position to deal with whatever the market is going to hand you. And not panic out, not panic in, not panic any way whatsoever. So if you are worried about the market, then reduce your risk. Take them off the table if you're worried. Well, you know, but I, I will submit that those people who are always worried never perform very well because you're always worried. They're never in the market or never in the market all the way. I'm pretty sure the market, if, barring any black swan event, meaning something from left field that really is big, I think the market's going to be up this year. I think it's going to be more volatile, but I think it'll be up. Okay. So don't worry about the market so much. Don't. Yeah, there's going to be things that happen during the year. And it's election year, you know, and that's, there's going to be bickering between the both sides. But, you know, that's much to do about nothing when it comes to the economy. You really, you know, what drives stocks up? Basically, one thing drives stocks up, and that's earnings. So the question to ask is, corporate earnings going to go up? Okay, are, are, and are the stock prices overvalued or undervalued? Are there parts of the stock market that are undervalued and other parts that are overvalued? And learn what those are. Earnings going up pushes stock prices up. There's just not a perfect match. Earnings don't go up today and stock prices go up today. That's not how it is because investors look forward. We always look forward. And we place prices today on what we think the earnings will be tomorrow. We could be wrong, too, about that. On the Nest Investock, in many markets, renting is more affordable than buying. And there's a, a common factor in that. Justin will take you through this on Monday. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Looking at the calendar, we are just two weeks away from Steve Peasley's Dallas, Texas consultation trip. That will be on January 24th. And tell your investor friends that Steve will travel to New York City for portfolio review consultations on January 28th and 29th. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Hello, my name is Vaughn from Cincinnati. My question's for Steve. On Thursday's show, you had made a comment to a listener about Brexit and that you thought uh, Brexit would actually tremendously help England. So I was just hoping if you could expand your thoughts on that. To your point, I haven't really heard anyone say that it would help England in the long run. So I really would just like to hear what your thoughts are on that. Thanks. Have a good day. Okay, yeah, that's my opinion. I think uh, Brexit will actually help England for two main reasons. One, you've had all these years of uncertainty that they may or may not exit 
the the EU, and uncertainty is never good for anything. It, it retards economic activity. Number two, I think the EU is going to come up with agreements with England about trade. They're still going to be partners. They're still going to be trading partners. And once that gets in place, the economy of England and maybe even Europe a little bit, but economy of England will will stabilize and start to improve. So I don't see it as a big negative. I mean, yeah, short term, it's going to be a turmoil. Yeah, I agree with that. But they've already been in turmoil, turmoil with this unknown of not sure what's happening, that kind of thing. I just know from history that when things are settled, they generally, generally economies do better. When they're unsettled, just think about the, our, our fight with China in the trade. When things are unsettled, things, you know, people, corporations re- retract, corporations hunker down. You know, they don't want to spend money on new products or new anything. If there's uncertainty in the markets that they are trying to sell their goods and services to. When they have certainty, they, they relax a little bit. That's what I'm thinking about Brexit. It might take several years, but I think it'll be good for England in the long run. Okay, let's go to Gene in North Carolina. I want to talk about growth stocks versus value stocks. How are you doing, Gene? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Steve. Yeah, you know, there's this general nope. phrase about not to fight the Fed, right? If the Fed is lowering right. interest rates. I'm wondering, is that is there a generality that that favors the, uh, growth stocks, and if they start raising interest rates, that's that's starting. They're trying to slow down the economy. That values that that uh, that um, favors value stocks. And is there a, a time mm-hmm. lag between when they start doing these changes? Okay. That that's a good question. One versus the other. Yeah, that's a good question. Do growth stocks work? Better or worse, depending on what the Fed does with interest rates. And the simple answer would be yes. If the Fed starts to raise interest rates, raise interest rates, that usually benefits value stocks more than growth stocks. But it's not, you can't just make a blanket statement, Gene, like, oh, all growth stocks and all value, it doesn't work that way. But the theory is, if interest rates are rising, growth stocks usually borrow more money than value stocks. And when they raise interest rates, the investors know it's going to cost them more money to fund their growth. So they tend to be a bit shy about getting into the high growth, higher risk type positions. And they tend to say, well, let me move some money into the lower indebtedness and lower growth and more stable non-cyclical kind of stocks that's it's just that's how the the various studies out there that i've ever read and there's not very many have hinted that that is the that's the general theme okay so yeah so if interest rates start to go up the thought is corporate debt is going to be financed at higher costs, therefore lower profits for their growth stocks and lower. And so the investor, the investing world says, well, let's just shy away from a little bit of those growth stocks and move a little bit of money over here. And it tends to be true. Tends to be true. Okay. Good question, Gene. Hey, Appreciate that. My main talking point today concerns, you know, 77%, a story or a survey said 77% of CFOs think the economy is going to slow and the stock market is overvalued. Well, 
it's easy to determine whether a stock market is overvalued. I mean, you just look at the relationships of the PE and price to sales ratios and, and the cyclical PE ratio, and you'll, you, you know, you can tell what the re- returns are, return on equities, return on assets. You can sell, okay, the market is overvalued. So that's easy. But is the economy going to slow? Well, now you have CFOs, chief financial officers. Okay, and how many of them? Well, 77%. It's like a a case in which they probably will make it happen. They will make it happen. They're the CFOs. They're going to hunker. That looks like they're they're thinking about, well, I need to hunker down. I need to stop spending money. We got to conserve assets here, money in our corporation. That alone could slow down the economy. Their, Their actions will slow down the economy. So, yeah. That's possible. Okay, for 2019, Disney's uh, movie business earned a global uh, global take of 11.2 billion. The company had 33% of the U.S. domestic box office grosses for 2019. That's big, isn't it? How many films in total has Disney produced, and what and what were the first three Disney films? Do you know? I'll have the answer on that after the break. We are live, 888-99-CHART. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me? For us. You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action with the active 401k program. KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial. It's Friday. The weekend is here or almost here for most people. The markets have been more than interesting, and you want and need unbiased investing guidance. You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question. How many films in total has Disney produced, and what were the first three Disney films? Okay, in 2009, at the start of the past decade, Disney's movie production was pretty bad. It was described as enfeebled. But as Disney investors know, that changed. Today, it's very, very different. In 2019, Disney earned a global take of $11.2 billion. Movie business, 2019, $11.2 billion. The company had 33% of all domestic box office grosses for 2019. 33%. So the movie business for Disney began began way back in 1937, and I bet you you know the names of the movies that they they started. First was uh, 1937 Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, 1940 Pinocchio, 
1940, Fantasia, 1941, The Reluctant Dragon, 1941, Dumbo, and 1942, Bambi. Okay, so according to the website, D23.com, through the end of 2019, Disney has made a total of 745 feature-length films. Here's the most recent last three. Aladdin, this year, Toy Story 4, Pixar, you know, Disney-owned Pixar, and The Lion King. So, what is really interesting, most people think Disney makes a that made that all those billions of dollars, what, $11.2 billion in the movies just this year? Do you think that's their biggest moneymaker? No. The Walt Disney Company generated a total revenue of $26.7 billion in their parks and resorts. Disney's second biggest segment, media, their business, is the media networks. That's ESPN and ABC, $24 billion, twice as much. Both those segments, more than twice as much as the movies. That's how big Disney is. Interesting stuff. Let's squeeze another caller in question here right now. Uh, before I get to the newsletter highlights, this question came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Melanie. I recently got into stocks, and I was wondering if AMD would be a good stock to invest in for the long term. Thank you. Was that A-N-D? Is that what you said? A-N-D. No. A-M-D? B? A-M-B? There is no A-M-B. And she didn't mention the name, did she? And Okay. A-M-B. That's not coming up on my... Uh, not coming up on my uh, fundamental A M B. Is it coming up on my charts? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's. No, I don't. I really don't have anything on A M B. It might be too small. It might be uh, a foreign company, and uh, you know I don't track those things unless they're traded on our exchanges here. So. Okay, so let's get to, uh, you want to get to the newsletter, guys? Why don't we do that? We, you know, the newsletter comes out every Friday. So the, the KPP premium newsletter. Uh, there was a lot of bluster and thunder coming out of Iran this week. I started the newsletter out with that. Their missile attack didn't cause much damage and is certainly in the stock market barely even blinked. And on the economic front, the big news was this morning's jobs report. Did you see it? Analysts expected non-farm payrolls to increase 165,000. We only got 145,000. But remember last month, the last report, it was a big surprise on the upside by 260,000. The unemployment rate stayed the same. So the newsletter, the first section, I usually go over what's happened in the week in the market and what's happened in the week in the economics, economic reports and what it might mean. So, I mentioned that we had a pretty strong year-end rally, and it continued into the first part of this year, but expect to see some pullbacks and dips in the market here fairly soon, because we're overbought, overbought. The portfolio management section, uh, I talked about dividends of being very popular, but how do you how do you figure out which ones 
are sustainable, which companies that pay dividends are sustainable and can grow their dividends and, and which ones are not that, you know, and I, I will tell you if the dividend is too high, it's not going to be sustainable. What's too high? Well, it changes, but you know, in the current environment, the dividends between three and four, maybe 5%, you get a dividend of eight, nine, 10% is too high. It's not sustainable. So we're talking about how to judge that. Okay. And then uh, we went into the stock ideas section. Talked about the world's largest chip maker. You'll have to guess who that is, right? Uh, and I talked about them and the business and their competitors and why I like them. You know, they pay a 31 cent uh, per share dividend. Well, that's a 2% yield. Not the greatest, but anyway, something to think about. So that was uh, the stock idea section. Uh, finally, Consumer Watch. Well, I've talked about mortgage rates and how important it is. And that's going to be one of my talking points today because I mentioned it there in the in that consumer section. I want to talk about it a little bit more in depth. Do you realize that mortgage rates have down a one full percentage point from a year ago? And you say, well, gee, that's not much. Yes, it is. It went from 4.75 to 3.75. What's that? That's like 20%, more than 20%. 25% down, it fell. That's a ton. That's a that's a big thing in one month. So there's a lot of information in the KPP Premium Newsletter each week. It's easy for you to subscribe. You can do that directly through investtalk.com. And after subscribing, you'll receive the full report every Friday directly in your email box. Now, if this information raised any questions in your mind, I encourage you to reach out to Justin or myself at KPP Financial. Call our Irvine office, California office, or send us a message through the investtalk.com website. Be happy to talk to you. Okay, so let's go to another voicemail. 888-99-CHART is the number. Hey, my name is Stone. I'm from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm 24 years old, and I am brand new to uh, the stock market. And so uh, I'm graduating college this spring, and then my goal is to get a career going where I can make enough, uh, generate enough income that I can start putting it into a brokerage account and making some money with the broker. But um, in the meantime, I opened up a Robinhood account and uh, I've been putting my funds or savings into that instead of uh, a regular savings account just to dabble with the stock market and learn more about it. Now, um, I want to look into trading uh, like week to week and month to month. Now, I know that's dealing with like um, small cap kind of companies and usually high volatility. I understand that. But I just kind of want to learn the waves and the movements of the stock. What are some trends or data that I should really look into when I'm trying to find a small cap stock that has potential to grow? And if you also could give me some, maybe a couple of few stocks that I can look into as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Y'all's talk show is awesome. Thank you. Okay. I caution you on trading. Okay. Uh, if There's a difference between trading and investing. They're very different things. Trading for most people is a money losing proposition. Trying to catch, and when you're trading, you don't care what, what stock it is. You don't care if it's a big company, small company. If you're doing a trade, you're just trying to catch the momentum and then try to buy it low and sell it high. Very difficult to do with any consistency. If you're talking about investing, you're looking for any stock, it could be small, mid, or large, 
that is growing its earnings, growing its sales, not overpriced, and you buy it for for it to continue to rise because it's growing its sales and earnings. Okay, so that's investing. That's not trading. So, and there's different kinds of trading. There's day traders, which most of them lose most of their money. There's swing traders, where most of them lose most of their money. But you, there are successful, the successful trade traders and swing traders. They're just rare. And you will hear all kinds of people saying how successful. Oh, I made a lot of money on trading this stock and that stock. That's because they don't tell you about the losers. They only tell you about the winners. They're, it's very difficult to make money trading. Very difficult. I, I know a couple of traders who do. I know one who makes a living and has done very, very well at it. But I know the vast majority of people lose money. And there is no secret formula. There's no take my class because I know how to do it. Think about it. Step back a little bit. If they know how to make a bunch of money trading, why aren't they doing that? Instead of selling you their system on how to do it. They're selling you the system how to do it because that's how they make their money. They can't make money out of trading. So I don't want to I don't want to tell you that you can't do it. I'm just telling you that most people can't do it. And I would suggest that you not start doing it that way because you'll get disappointed with the market and you think it's you know it's a bunch of bunch of <laughs> you'll get disappointed because you think it doesn't work. But um, the market works great over time if you invest in good, solid companies that are growing sales and earnings. It's that simple. You've got to be patient. Best time to buy the market is in a recession. That kind of thing. I'm Steve Peasley. You're listening to Talk. And as you make your investment choices, there will always be a bit of fear creeping into your judgment process. There always is. There's two motions in the market, fear and greed. The only two. There's only two. Fear and greed. Only two emotions. So, how do you control your fear? One way is to understand how much risk you're taking and what kind of risk you're comfortable with taking. And, of course, I have a tool at our website to help you with that. It's called Riskalyze. It's a little short questionnaire. It's very easy. You put in, you answer the questions, and it's just a gauge of trying to gauge the fear that you have. You know, how much you're willing to expose for how much return or how much you're willing to expose for how much loss. That's what it does. And it gives you a score between 0 and 100. And just so you know, 80 is the S&P 500 because it also scores portfolios, the same, same, the same software that scores your personal risk tolerance also scores portfolios. So it can do both. It's really nice. And it should match up your personal risk tolerance and your portfolio should. And of course, it's not a perfect system. It's just a pretty good system. There is no perfect system. Okay, so go check it out on investtalk.com. Take your take the risk alive questionnaire there. So I'm ready to answer your questions right now. 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. 
You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278 is my number. Happy to talk to you. We're going to go talk to Chad, who lives in Indianapolis. How are you doing, Chad? Okay, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, yeah, Steve, I appreciate uh, your show. Um, I've been looking at Nokia for the last, I don't know, eight, nine months, and I've had a couple um, urges to buy, and I'm, and I, I'm an index guy, but uh, once in a while I'll, I'll buy stock, and, and most of the time I'll do well, which is very rare, but I'm humbled by the market, how it can teach you really quickly that you're mortal. But... Uh, Looking yeah. at, you know, Isn't that the truth? We thought that this, yeah, definitely, right? So uh, we think, you know, this stock hit a bottom uh, around 335 around the 20th of November. But, you know, since, um, since then, it's creeping, it's creeping up. It hit a little over $4, I think, today. Do you think there's a breakout with this stock? Um, and I'm not talking like it's going to go through the roof, but do you think it's realistic uh, with a breakout? so to speak, that it could go up to $4 a share, maybe $5 a share within the next year. Um, just looking at the fundamentals and maybe the technical analysis, let's, let's erase the story of 5G. Let's erase the hype of this and that with articles. Like just from your um, student analysis, what, what do you think uh, we're looking at in 2020? As you say, it's a stock picker's year. Okay, this is Nokia, everybody. N-O-K. Um and appreciate the call, Chad. I really do. Uh, it's a Finnish company, developer of tele, uh, telecom infrastructure, mobile broadband, broadband technologies, and digital map networks. Uh, they're a $22 billion size company, even though it's a $4 stock, a very low-priced stock for that kind of size. And they have been in a lot of trouble for a lot, a number of years. Okay, and they and I agree with you. I agree with you, Chad. It did bottom at that three thirty-five, three forty dollar, three dollars and forty cents a share. I think that's the bottom. I really do. And now it's at four hundred two today. So it's come off that bottom pretty strongly, fifteen percent, eighteen percent or so. So now the question is. Is it going to go up higher and do the earnings justify it? Well, I'll tell you this. The earnings are finally going to be positive next year at $0.28 cents a share. Uh, and it looks like growth has stabilized because it was shrinking for a number of years. My quick answer is yes. I think it's going to hit $5 a share this year sometime. I think it's going to hit $5 a share. Um, but it doesn't have enough horses yet to get much higher than that. So, don't expect much more than that. So, I think it would just fill the gap between $5 and, and when it gapped down to $3.90 or $4. I'm going to fill that gap, I think, on the chart. This is just a technical read. I think it will. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. Get your questions in now 888 99 chart. Next Invest Talk in many housing markets, renting is more affordable than buying, and there might be a common factor. Should you rent or buy? That story Monday. But now Steve Peasley is here 
ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, earlier we, you know, we were trying to, we were struggling to, to determine what the stock symbol was on a caller who left a question, and we've all decided it was AMD, Apple Mary Dog, Advanced Micro Devices, and of course that, you know, we have data on that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna review it for her, and uh, I uh, review the company designs microprocessors embedded in uh, media graphics processors and chipsets for computers and consumer devices. It's a $53 billion company. It's big. And they're going to make $1.12 next year. That's 81% more than they made this year, which is $0.62. Cents. I mean, let me rephrase that. In 2019, the estimate is $0.62. Cents. In 2020, the estimate is $1.12. That's up 35% and 81% respective. So at $1.12, the stock is selling at $48 a share. So that tells you it's not cheap. The stock has had a really good run up. So the stock is now probably too expensive to chase. I wouldn't chase this. Sales growth only turned positive in the most in the September uh, quarter. We haven't got, you know, we're going to be moving into the earnings season here next week. It's going to get start getting serious, but we'll see. The last quarter was 9% growth, but the quarter before that was 13% shrinkage. The quarter before that, 23% shrinkage. But I think that they hit their bottom, and they're coming off from a, you know from that. And I just tell you, I think it's a bit expensive to chase now. Maybe be a buy if you want to buy it. You wait for a pullback to come. But it's a good solid company. They don't pay any dividend. But they don't have a stable growth. Two years ago they did, but not since then. So I would be very careful chasing the stock that's run up. AMD, Advanced Micro Devices. Okay, the U.S. News and World Report put out, puts out these these different uh, studies as to what's the best city to live in and stuff. Well, this one is the number one best town in America that's along the water to retire to. It's a mouthful, right? Well, it's Fort Myers, Florida. But why? Okay, well, this is reason. They have a small town feel, feel to it. They have shops, restaurants, a really charming downtown area. It's dog-friendly because they put out bowls of water and there's many out, outdoor eating places where dogs are welcome. Uh, there's lots of museums. There's, they do a lot of parades and festivals during the year. There's thir- theaters, parks, and there's a beach. And if you like boating, you're right there. You know, it's very close. You can take the boating out. There's very calm waters. So it's got all the things that a retired person, an active retired person, would like. So that's why they rated it number one. Fort Myers, Florida. Now, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I just don't know um, if I can do that because it gets really hot and humid. I can't handle the humidity. By the way, I wanted to thank uh, Noel from Napa about the AMD. He 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 felt he figured that out for me. Appreciate that, Noel. Um, also, should you refinance your house? Is it time to refinance your house? I know that many of you have already done that, right? But maybe you should do it again. If you refinance in the last, what, five years or so, and you did it in a 30-year fix, it could be advantageous to do it again. If 
you can get another quarter point or less on a mortgage. And today, the mortgage rate is like 3.64 this week. 3.64, 30-year fixed. If you can get a quarter point or more reduction in your 30-year fixed mortgage and you refinance in the last five years and you don't have to pay points or or fees for the redoing the loan, you might want to consider redoing it. You might want to consider redoing it. That'll reduce your payment. Now, I will say this. It'll reduce your payment, but I would suggest, even though it reduce your payment, keep your payment the same. In other words, I want you to pay extra on the mortgage. Because I want you, I want you by retirement to have that darn thing paid off. Pay off your mortgage before you retire. That's the, a really good thing. Remember, you don't have an active income in retirement. You're relying on uh, Social Security, pensions, your 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 uh, your investments. That's what you're relying on. Okay, I'm Steve Peasley, and it completes another show. Best Talk program, everybody. Justin will be the host on Monday, and I will return Tuesday as usual. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that I will be traveling to Dallas and New York in January. If they want to meet with me, got to sign up now. It could benefit from that. Don't wait too long to register, really. Learn more and get your name on the schedule at investtalk.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.